Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Well, hi, everyone. We are back. Uh, welcome back to the five of us. I recently came across uh, a quotation or a piece of advice, I guess, that uh, really hit home. And it goes like this. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And I thought, you know, that that speaks volumes and it, it's a wise saying. Um, I, you know, I, I, w- I wish you four were people I'd spend the most time with, but <laughs> oh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't make that happen. But if I had, I'd be in very good stead. But anyway, I'm only bringing this up because um, we want today to discuss the importance of uh, networking and developing a group of uh, people who can enhance our lives and our careers. And it should start at a young age. Um, the summer months are coming up and a lot of kids are looking ahead to internships uh, with the goal of gaining real work-life experience and also hopefully ideally being, being able to connect with people who can influence them in a positive way and um, inevitably or hopefully get them a, a good job or allow them to secure a really good job. So we've all had good and bad internships. Um, Unfortunately, in my case, more bad than good, but that's another story. But let's start with the positives. And Amanda, why don't we begin with you and uh, talk about um, ways to make the most of an internship? Yeah, Um, I think, you know, we kind of have discussed this. We've all had internships. I myself had two internships and my internships were extremely successful um, in terms of just like setting me on the path to the career and the profession that I wound up in. Um, And I think that's not by mistake. I think um, that when I, and obviously this is like 25 plus years ago, was um, embarking on, you know, finding an internship and figuring out what I would do there. Somebody told me one piece of advice. I have some, some others that are like sort of tangible and more of today's time, but somebody told me, um, one piece of advice at the beginning, which was, um, don't say a lot except when you want to say yes to everything. Um, which I thought was like, it's kind of a funny piece of advice, right? It's like, if somebody says, do you want to just before the sentence is finished, you're like, yes. My theory is always just like, you can't figure out what you don't, what you love until you figure out what you can hate, right? So like the more things that you expose yourself to can, you know, this is an internship is ultimately a learning experience. So the more yeses you say, the more things, experiences you you will have. The other part was, um, you know, internships are learning experiences. So there shouldn't be a lot of, of me in this, in my estimation, it should be more of, let me watch you. Let me ask you as the experienced person. Let me observe and, and you know, take, what am I taking away, right? Um, and that, unfortunately, um, I think is something that's gotten a little lost in the sauce because and we think we can all kind of comment on experiences we've had in very recent years with interns who um, 
who are not quite wallflowers. I'll say that in a nice way. Um, I think there are some other tangibles that you can say, you know, there's, there's advice. If you Google, how do I have a good internship? There's a couple of key things you can do. Um, the more you act like an employee and you're part of the team, it's like that fake it till you make it thing where like I'm part of it and you, you sort of slide in, your personalities mesh. You can pick up on the tone and tenor of the culture in the place where you're working. You act the way other, you see behavior people have and you mirror that behavior in a good way puts you in a good light, it feels like you're seamless. I actually did this really well uh, in my first internship at WNBC. I was, and I stayed there for one full year. And at the end of my internship, I was running the meetings. And they were like, is this girl for real? And I was, because I had literally mo modeled the behavior of everybody where they could, they, they forgot that I wasn't a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. um, to that end, get to know the staff, build relationships, make people like you, right? Like show your skills, but also just bond with people over your shared experience and, and see what you can learn from them. Um, get feedback. It's really good to be able to take constructive criticism and also to just be open to suggestions. Um, ask for opinions, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned in terms of just even being open to the idea of asking for criticism and develop, you know, to develop yourself. Stay humble. This goes back to my point about people, how you shouldn't be sort of, you know, it's all about me in this space. It's really just about the bigger picture experience. Be consistent, reliable, effective. I think those are things you want to do in any job you have. When you say you're going to show up, you show up. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. You want to be the best version of yourself. Um, maintain a positive attitude. Some of these are extremely obvious. And then, you know, mostly just like find the ways to, to get the most out of this experience. I know... Um, Y2K, remember we had this you know, amazing Y2K, we thought the world was gonna end. Um, I was an intern and I was co in college at the, at the turn of 99 to 2000. New uh, NBC thought, oh my God, what if the world ends? We need somebody at the desk. Oh, what's that 20 something year old doing? She's probably got no, 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 no plan. So I was like the jerk who was there sitting next to the assignment editor going, you know, <laughs> but I mean, that was something that put me in a good light. It was an experience that I obviously remember and talk about now. And it, it really pulled the shade back on what an, a life in my, my chosen profession would look like, because those are the kinds of things you're doing anyway, right? Like if that happened, I would have 10 years later, I would have been exposed to that as a reporter. So um, sort of long-winded answer here is, you know, just like sort of be obvious. Um, internships are learning experiences. The best ones are the ones in which you really take advantage of the fact that people who are around you can fill you in and inform you and educate you on something you think you might want to do for the rest of your life. Right. You know, it's interesting. You, you say these things should be obvious. I agree. They should be obvious. And yet I, you know, I've had some really awful interns who think that they're there to tell me about themselves. And, you know, I, we've gone over this in, in a previous episode, but I, my advice has always been keep your mouth shut. I don't want to hear about your life. You're here to learn about the the work, the business. This is a professional newsroom. This is not school where you, you know, you give and take. It's it's all, you know, we give, you take. And that's that's how it works. Um, but a lot of kids just don't know that. But anyway, um, before you get the internship, um, you need to provide a resume. And there are um, a lot of uh, do's and don'ts in terms of uh, putting out a, a, a successful resume. And so, uh, Vivian, you recently came across some really good tips on you know, how to compose a resume that will get the, the proper attention that might win you a, a good job or a good internship, right? 
Yeah, I um, checked in on a, the the Wall Street Journal's um, state of jobs and labor. Um, they had a symposium and one tiny workshop of that, which to me turned out to be one of the best parts of it was today, what does a good resume look at look like? And it was put on by uh, JT O'Donnell, who is the founder and CEO of Work It Daily. It gets one and a half million page views a month. Uh, and there's a reason why she had some really amazing tips to give. I'm just, you know, full credit to her. She relayed these points in a way that totally made sense in today's day and age. Um, so some of her um, best tips, I don't want to give, you know, away everything because this this was her advice. But she said, be aware of the applicant tracking system. There are apps now that do the first scan that HR recruiters will put your resume through because they are looking for keywords to jump out at them based on the job posting that they put out. So mm -hmm. because of that, and because the second scan is then the human who actually uh, receives the resumes that have been put through this first scanning by the application, by the app, I should say, their eyes are going to skim through your resume in a Z pattern, according to O'Donnell. And so less is more in today's age. Make sure the font is streamlined. Make sure it's no smaller than 11 points. These types of things, if it's too small, if the margins are not big on the edge, it looks fussy. And the first thing that a lot of recruiters think is, if you have too much to say about yourself, one, you're hyping yourself up, you're being too subjective, and you might be too expensive. Wow. So um, she says to beware of those things. Uh, chat GPT, we, people talk about, you know, how much it should be relied upon, how much it helps. She said recruiters can recognize it. And kind of adjacent to that whole chat GPT debate is if your resume starts to have that faint whiff of, you know, over exaggeration, maybe even a lie, it's you're you're going to be put aside. Like you get a one strike chance, that's it, and then you're out. So beware of overhyping what you actually do. Um, another thing that she said was where you worked is not as important as what your actual title was. According to O'Donnell, what the title was, what you actually did, and no more than three to five bullet points for any jobs that you you had for five years or more is more important for showing your career progression and what your story is. And on that note, your cover letter is where you try to make your actual emotional connection with the job that you're applying for by talking about what it is about that company's product or service that really connects with you on an emotional level. This is where you get to talk about why you feel uh, what they do or what they put out is special and different from other similar services or products out on the market. And this is where you get to tell your story. You don't regurgitate your resume. And this that advice goes back, you know, decades, but you get to tell your story and it has to be really relevant to the job that you're applying for. One more thing, show, don't tell. Don't just say, for example, she gave this example in the workshop. If you're a receptionist at a company with hundreds of people and 12 phone lines to answer, Quantify your experience by calculating exactly how many calls a day you answered, what the peak point of traffic was in the workday, and how many traffic jams you were able to muddle through and get past. Just as a very simple example, she gave that. And also, we've talked about this before when we tackled ageism in the workplace and how 
you go for jobs or how you relay what your experience is, don't list anything more than your last 15 years of work, except if there's a job that was more than 15 years back that is really relevant to the job that you're applying for. Right, right. And if you're older, don't put your age on there, right? Don't mention that you have kids necessarily. She did not not mention that, but she did mention that hiring in and of itself is an act of discrimination. So there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of prejudice and subjectivity that's going to be employed by the person who's screening applicants for the job. And so you should be aware of those certain factors. And yeah, I think for, for people of a certain age, it definitely is a consideration not to mention things like, yeah, it could work against you if you mention your age. Well, you know, one other thing to consider also, um, and this is uh, particularly um, applicable to young people is your social media profile. And uh, a lot of kids put a lot of stupid stuff on there that, you know, it could, could, um, could give them a hard time if they're looking for uh, a serious job. Um, internships are a good opportunity to uh, develop um, a, a group of people that you can hopefully count on um, as a sort of a networking posse or a crew. And as I mentioned, it starts you know very young when the kids are uh, are are at the student age. And so I, I want to ask you, Kristen. Um, what is it going to take to develop um, a, a networking crew that that kids can rely on uh, in, and hopefully uh, lead to maybe full-time employment one day? Yeah, well, I think you all touched on a little bit. It's the listening skills, right? Because you want to just kind of make yourself invisible but helpful at the same time. And part of the networking is listening and learning from people. And I'll give you an example. It was 34 years ago that I had my internship. And that internship, the people that I met there, Helped me get my first job in radio. They helped me make a tape on their downtime, their days off. They like, and they edited for me and everything. I had none of that available to me. And this is back in the day when tapes were this big, you know? Um, And then they helped me get my job from radio to television because they helped me make another tape. And then they helped me get my job in New York City because they were from New York City. And I still keep in touch with all of them today. So that's how important networking can be. And it's not like some people think of networking as like inauthentic or unauthentic. And it's not. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You have to develop real relationships, I think. But it's also knowing your place when you're when you're networking. And it's a good way to build your brand as you go through your career. But when you're just starting out, you just want to network to meet connections. That could be the job that you get. You know, some of these internships can lead to a job or they will land to a job right where you are. If you're good enough of a worker and the timing's right, you know, everything has to fall into place. Luck plays a little bit of part of that. Um, if you feel like it's uncomfortable, because obviously you're, you're might be a little intimidating if you're, you're 18, 20 years old and you're up with, you know, 30, 40, 50 year olds who have a lot of experience. Although that didn't seem to be a problem for some of the injuries, <laughs> but it should be a little intimidating is what I'm saying. It should be. And that's okay. But they, people are willing to help you because somebody helped them on the way. People want to pay it forward in most businesses. And if they don't, just move on to the next person. There's somebody there in your workplace who wants to help you and who can provide the information you need. But again, it, it's so important just to listen and to not um, talk too much. And you want to think about, if it's uncomfortable, you want to think about what you can get out of it as opposed to what you can bring to it. Um, in terms of 
again, that goes back to all the listening. I keep saying that there was a thing in terms of how big is networking. There's a, she's known as a happiness researcher for the, she's a New York times bestselling author. Uh, he is Sean anchor and um, says social connection is the biggest indicator of long-term success and long-term happiness. So that's why just social connection in general, but also networking in jobs, because it's that old saying, right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. And so many times it is because you may have all the things. Think of how many, like when you look at American Idol, how many people can sing, right? That show's been on forever, but so few make it. And usually it's because they either got found out or they knew somebody and who could get them to the next level. So those would be my, my tricks and tips. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the key is, you know, as I said at the at the at, at the outset, uh, five people who you spend the most time with are really important in your lives, and you take so much away from them, um, and you know, they they kind of define you. So you want to surround yourself with, you know, quality people who can help you. And now there are a million ways. When we're talking about internship, I, I had. I had a terrible internship when I was younger. And um, the interesting thing about it is that I didn't, um, I stuck with it, even though it was a miserable experience, but I learned a lot from it. And um, and it was, I, I was working in a television uh, station in Boston and our boss was just this horrible woman. And, you know, it, she, she would come in, she'd have like a coffee cup that she'd put like on, on top of a file cabinet and forget that she put the cup up there. And then she'd have a tantrum in the middle of, you know, it's very stressful. We were producing a, a live program and she would walk into the, into our little office and she'd say, who put that coffee cup up there? And she would, with her arms, swipe it off the top of the, <laughs> of the thing. And there were like papers, newspapers and all that. And it would all go flying. And then she'd say, Roma, clean that up, you know? And it, it, it was, it was horrible. It really was horrible. But the good news is that she was often so hungover from her dates the night before. I ended up, you know, coming in when I was supposed to come in. I ended up writing the show, and people took notice. And her bosses asked, uh, offered me a, a job. Uh, unfortunately, I was still in school, and like, you know, I I couldn't take the job. So, I mean, even the bad experiences can lead to, you know, some uh, positive um, outcomes. But when we talk about now, in my case, I had a, a bad, um, my internship was bad, but a lot of kids don't capitalize on the opportunities that are given to them. And there are a million ways that kids can screw up. Right, <laughs> Janine? Um, it's just, it's amazing that they don't know how to make a really good first impression. And when you screw up that first impression, it kind of seals your fate for the for the rest of the term. Yeah, my I had some really good interns, but I had a one really bad one intern that will always be in my mind like the notorious intern from hell. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, that yeah. the, and that was the one I I was a reporter um, doing television news. I take her out on a shoot with me, and she asked me to, "Can you shoot my stand up? I like to be in front of the camera and 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 talk in front of the camera." I'm like, okay, like. Now I'm shooting her stuff on camera so she could use it for her resume. She's like, oh, and can I borrow your lipstick? Ooh. Oh, okay. You know what? Here, keep it. <laughs> but like, that's a terrible impression that she left on me. And I don't know where she is now. We never kept in touch. You know, don't call me for reference because that's not <laughs> going to happen. So th I think that's where 
networking and relationships come into play because um, if you have a good relationship with somebody really early on in your career, you become successful later on, you'll always remember the person that helped you, the person you bonded with, the person you came up with, and you need to call them for something. They will take your phone calls. What can I do for you? Even if you're in different industries, even if you're you know working different jobs, it's always like a relationship that they knew you when and they liked you back then. And so, and they, and they like applaud your success. So I think that networking starts early, um, but interns make a lot of bad mistakes, right? So, so one bad mistake um, is not researching the company beforehand, like not knowing who the key players are. How about if you're in the elevator and you're standing next to the CEO and you have no friggin' clue that that guy's a CEO, that woman's a CEO, or has a big, you know, a, a big role in the company that you just missed an opportunity because you should know who that person is. You should introduce yourself. You should maybe, um, you know, it's just an opportunity to network, get to know the person, they get to know you. And um, it should be obvious to who this person is if you do your research. And, and also the values and the, the company and what they do and what they stand for and, you know, how they perform. Um, not being on time. You know, somebody's managing you as an intern. So you have a manager who's expecting you to be there. They already have like tasks for you to do during the day if they're a good manager, right? Um, and so we don't come on time. They have they have other things to do. Most people who have interns have other jobs to do. They have to attend meetings. They have to so to manage an intern who's not there on time, that becomes a pain in the neck for the person who is managing you. Um, not dressing the part. You should also, in part of your research of the company, find out is it casual, business casual? Is it, you know, do people dress up? Or, you know, um, in, in the news reporting business, you know, it's hard because you may be paired up that day with a reporter who's going out to the field and you may have open toe shoes and they're taking you to, con to a construction site. <laughs> well, you're not dressed for the part that day and you may not know. So maybe like if you're in an industry like that, you may need to have a second uh, bag of clothes ready with you because you may have to go out to the field and do something like that. So so dressing the part and asking questions, but not to the point of being annoying and talking about yourself, but asking questions that are relevant. Don't guess like, oh, do they, I think they kind of want me to do it like this. Just ask, is this how it goes? Can you give me feedback? Um not too often, but often enough so that you you understand what your task is and you're able to do it and you get feedback for what you're doing. Um, not proofreading your work. How about if you have to send out an email to, and then, you know, everything has spell check now. You should really spell check, but autocorrect could also be a bad, your bad enemy is at the same time, right? You could auto, you could have autocorrect on, it could be the wrong word altogether. So really proofread uh, any kind of email or correspondence you have to your bosses, to groups, any, anything at work. Don't be labeled a complainer because there's plenty of people who complain and you don't want to be labeled a complainer. And also at the end of your internship, make sure that you read, it's not just, it doesn't just end and you walk away. That's where the, the relationships come in. And you want to make sure that you revisit the people who were good to you, the people that you learned from. You want to make sure that you write them an email and tell them how much you appreciated their time, uh, them sharing their expertise. Can I use you for a referral in the future? And that's how that kind of builds there. So make sure at the end of your internship, you do walk away with a couple of people um, that you're able to email after the fact or contact after the fact, but who will probably help you in your career. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a lot of um, 
good interns and I've had some bad ones. And the and I'm thinking of one in particular when I was working on Long Island. Um, I had this one intern who had was living in the city at the time. It was over the summer, and she she was supposed to work like two or three hours, um, five days a week, Monday through Friday, with me. And she had the gall to say, you know, since I'm sort of halfway up Long Island, um, I think on Fridays I'm I'm just going to leave about an hour early because I want to head over to the beach. Is that okay? And I was like. No, no, that's not okay. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing. She pulled a lot of stuff and we ended up, I mean, this is ridiculous. We had to fire the intern, you know, because she just that's wasn't bad. When that happened. Her <laughs> of, the, of the bargain. But on the other side of the token, then um, there's some awful um, people who you work for in an internship, um, you know, and, and oftentimes the, the duties that an intern is asked to do are like slave labor, right? Um, so let me ask you, Vivian, what happens when you walk into a situation where, um, you're being asked to do things that have nothing to do with, um, what you bargained for, what was advertised and you realize it's a losing proposition. What do you do then? I think that's one of the, um, most common complaints of a bad internship, like right uh, I'm the the continuous gopher. I'm being told to like clean out a closet or reorganize this stack of books or just something that is the opposite of what you wanted, which was to learn a new set of skills and some ability to network, which we've been talking about. And an internship really is a place where you should be able to sit in on some meetings. You know, you, you can't be tagging around to, after your supervisor all day. But if you notice things like there's no structure to your day, you should request a meeting with your supervisor and maybe sit down and talk about specific things that you want to accomplish and maybe ask for a specific set of resources that might help you to get through to your 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 goals. Um, if there's too much grunt work and it, it just keeps on happening, even after you raise some concerns that, you know, you're doing too much menial labor um, one piece of advice is to keep a line of communication open with your college's career center. And in fact, even before you start an internship, make that connection with the career center and try to find somebody who can be an advisor throughout your internship. They can be very helpful uh, if things start to go a little awry. They can even maybe advocate for you. Um, if you're feeling excluded or forgotten, like one red flag is if you find yourself at a desk uh, all the time, and the rest of the team has just kind of disappeared, uh, then you can take the initiative and maybe try to build your own network. Look for people whose jobs really interest you or that you don't understand, because you'd be surprised how many people respond favorably when you come up to them and say, hi, what's your job about? And why is it so important to the process of this workplace or this company and in what you guys are putting out? And finally, you know, I know there's a lot of, um, there may be, especially for those who are not experienced enough, the tendency to just want to, you know, cut your losses and hightail it out of there before the end of the internship. And, you know, there are year-long internships. Like, Amanda, what would have happened if that turned out to be an awful experience and you didn't take advantage of what was there? Um, it is something that you should try to resist as much as possible. Unless it's unprofessional behavior, bordering on criminal that really makes you concerned that you think it's an unhealthy workplace, 
stick it out as much as you can and try to make allies inside that workplace. Um, another red flag before you even start an internship is if you're not given some kind of paperwork that outlines what's expected of you, because even unpaid internships these days are coming with that documentation. You should be able to see very clearly what the employer is going to be offering you, and you both should be signing it to try and keep you both accountable. Um, also, low or no compensation. It's often a flag these days that the company's values might not be in line with yours. And in the interest of social equity and also just the general idea that interns should not be considered slaves, more and more companies are offering some kind of compensation as a show of respect. So those are two red flags right off the bat um, that might tell you this might not be the internship that will work for you. Yeah, no, that's good to know. I will say the successful uh, interns that uh, I've had working under me, I've stayed in touch with them. And I'm so proud of the fact that they've moved on. And and I had a little something to do uh, with their progress, you know, in in their life. And it's, I mean, I've stayed in touch with them for, it's been years and years and years. And it's it's been a wonderful relationship. So I, I hope um, everybody listening to this has a positive relationship with their, their interns or their internships, because it does, uh, it, it can change your life. So um, as we often do, or always do end with a quote, um, I'm going to end with this uh, very brief quote and, and the uh, author of it is unknown. So let's say I said it, how's that? I'll, I'll take credit <laughs> for it. And it goes like this. Networking is not collecting contacts. Networking is planting relationships. And so on that wise note, I will say goodbye to everybody and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.